Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons Podcast. I'm his son, Matthew, and we have been splitting up the sermons every other week at our house church that my wife and I host on our farm. If you're interested in joining us, check out wrightfarmhousechurch.com. Enjoy today's lesson. So we're continuing the, our series on the life of David in First and Second Samuel, as you know. And, and last week we talked about the example that David set for us when we face anxious, when we face anxious times in our lives. Do we run straight to God in our anxiety? Uh, and, and do we run straight to his word? Or like Saul, like Saul on the other end of the spectrum, do we, want, do we run away from God uh, when we face anxiety? Uh, and we know that as Christians, uh, our, our first instinct should always be to run directly, directly into the arms of our, of our Lord um, and Savior. So today we're going to be focusing on chapter 24 of 1 Samuel, as I said. If you're, if you're anything like me, uh, waiting can be really difficult. Uh, I, and I think our culture and the time in, in history in which we live right now uh, has brainwashed us almost into, into really hating waiting. Um, one of the most infuriating things, I think, at least before self-checkout lines, uh, can be could have been walking into Walmart and tell me the older ones in here if you remember this walking into Walmart where they have like 40 checkout lanes and all of them but two maybe one are closed right and and, and the two that are open are full they have like six full carted people in front in the lines and they're all have have full shopping carts and, and so what's the point of, of all of those checkout lanes if, if they never get used. That, that was the common, you know, the common complaint. Um, and it can make you just go insane, could have made you go insane, right? Uh, what about waiting on the phone for customer service? That stinks, right? Waiting, on, uh, waiting at a red light when you've had a, maybe a bad day at work or, or you're in, in traffic after a long day. Uh, waiting on this thing called the internet when it gets slow sometimes. Oh my goodness, it's not instant. Like, what's going on? Ugh, you know. Uh, but, but all of this is a problem because there are times that God calls us to wait on him. And the truth is that we're not very good at waiting, especially, especially if we have nothing to do while we wait. Um, so there was a story in the New York Times where they were writing a piece about the baggage claim at the Houston airport. Um, I know, right? Fascinating stuff. Writing a, an article about bag, baggage claim, probably won a Pulitzer, I'm sure. Uh, but the Houston airport was, they were getting all, of, all kinds of complaints because people were, they were having to wait too long at baggage claim after their flights. So the airport tried to solve the problem by hiring more baggage handlers and speed and trying to speed that up. And that worked for a little bit, but uh, people were still having a, they were still having to wait a long time, even after that, or at least they felt like they were waiting a long time. And so the complaints, they kept coming in. So the airport executives, they tried a different strategy. Uh, and what they did is they put more walking distance between the arrival gate and the baggage claim. So people had to walk further to get from their plane 
to to get to the baggage and and by the time they got to baggage claim the walk was long enough that the bags were already there or very very closely after they arrived they were they were there and because people they perceived that they were weren't were not having to wait so long the complaints went away so now now we know right that the bags got to the baggage claim at the same time that they had always had gotten there but it was just that people were were busy walking they were busy doing something from their plane to the baggage claim and that's why the complaints went away and this is all this is all this all fits with this 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 research that i saw by an mit professor who said that if we are occupied we don't we don't mind waiting by the way if you want to be an mit professor come up with something silly like that i guess <laughs> It's, it's, that it's when we are unoccupied that we hate to wait, okay? And that comes back to our relationship with God because sometimes God calls us to wait and, and it feels like we're, we're doing nothing. But as Christians, that is not how we should think about waiting. What we'll learn here in chapter 24 of, of 1 Samuel is that we should learn, that we should, that we should think about waiting as something more active than passive okay so in order to explain this and understand this let's let's go let's go ahead and get into first samuel chapter 24 where david is challenged to wait on god and and his timing uh in chapter 24 we see that saul is he is hunting down david uh, Saul is trying to eliminate his rival to the throne. Saul hears that David is in the in this particular area, so he takes three thousand specially trained troops, and he intensifies this search because he knows where he is. And, and at one point, Saul uh, has to go to the bathroom, which turns out in the Bible it says this: it turns out to be a number two. And most translations. This is what I study when I study the Bible, by the way. This is very weird. Most translations will say that Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But the original Hebrew, this might be interesting to you, the original, the original Hebrew says that he went in to cover his feet. That's what it says. Which is actually a euphemism for saying someone had to poop. That's what I meant. Yeah, he was not. He was he was sitting there. So covering his feet, it was it might have been a polite way, right, of saying that that about somebody. But the great thing about the Bible, I think, the great thing about the Bible and its authors is that the Bible tells us that the king had to go poop, and therefore he went into a cave, and it just it, it just makes the whole story feel, you know far it makes it feel so so much more real and and less less polished it gives us insight into more of a of a raw story this this story it in fact confirms Marilyn yes even kings poop <laughs> and in this story they look for a spot in a cave to do it i think she's going to laugh the rest of the this whole lesson <laughs> i was really taking a chance in in, in giving that information so anyways, this is where the story, this is the part of the story where it gets a little crazy. It turns out, it turns out in this story that David and his fighting men are actually hiding 
in the back of the same cave that Saul is in. Imagine how unlucky Saul is here. First of all, he's got to do his business at the wrong time. <laughs> and then he finally finds the right spot to do it. And it turns out that he has chosen the place that David and his men are using as a hideout. Oh, so David and his men just, they can't believe their luck. They see the king come in here and here he comes. This is the king, their enemy. Uh, this king who is trying to kill them, who is coming in and he's coming in to do his business. So in, in verse uh, four, it says, and the men of David said to him, here's the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will give you your enemy into your hand and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. So you see what David's men here are doing? They're saying that the fact that Saul is coming in here to relieve himself is God's gift to you. Uh, this is your chance, they say. So David responds in verse 4, Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He didn't kill uh, Saul, but he cuts off a corner of his robe, and, and, it, and this turns out to be a bigger deal than you might initially think. Um, in verse 5 it says, And afterward David's heart struck him because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So you see the robe that the king was wearing was connected to the king. So an attack on the robe was an attack on the king. Uh, and an attack on the king was an attack on God. Because this is the person, he says, that God has anointed. This is the person that God has made king of Israel. God had anointed Saul as, as king, and he was still the king. But God had also told David that one day he would be king. Uh, so now David is having to wait on God and that's the issue here in the cave. Is David going to wait on God? Is David going to, to wait on God's time to make him king, or is he going to, or is he going to take things into his own hands? It would, it would have been easy, I think. If you, if you think about it, you're the guy in the cave, you're the one struggling through all these times that we've been reading about. And I think it would have been easy for David to rationalize that this is God giving Saul to me. Uh, I mean... What, think about it. what are the chances? Saul comes in, he comes in here into this cave that we're using as our hideout. And he comes in here while we're back here just in, in the dark. And, and there's my chance, he might have said, and, and, and God must want me to do this. He could have justified it that way. After all, right, Saul was trying to kill David, like we've said. And so David could have said, I have every right to defend myself. But Here's the key verse in verse 12 of chapter 24. It says, David says, May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me against you, but my hand shall not be against you. Do you hear how David is, is thinking and processing all this? He's saying, look, I'm going to let God solve to solve this. God is going to be the judge between, between you and me. The Lord will avenge the wrongs that you've done to me, but, but I'm not going to touch you. I'm, I'm not going to take this into my own hands. I'm going to wait on God and his justice. So think about it. There's a similar story that you probably read this week back in the book of Genesis. 
and it deals with Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. And you may remember that God gave Abraham and Sarah a promise in their old age that they would have a child. But after the promise is made, time elapses and their bodies continue to get uh, older. And, and it just seems impossible that God is going to come, uh, that he's going to come through on his promise. So Sarah decides, what does she decide? She decides she's going to help God out, right? And she's, she's going to take things into her own hands. So she takes her concubine, Hagar, and she gives her to Abraham and, and says, have a baby with her so that we can have a child like God promised. And that's what I think we would call Hagar thinking or a Hagar solution. It's taking life into our own hands and helping God, helping God instead of waiting on him. Maybe we're waiting Let's think about our own lives, like myself. Maybe we're waiting on a job or, or, or we're waiting on a different job. Maybe we're waiting, uh, maybe some Christians are waiting on a spouse or for some relationship in our life to change. Maybe some are waiting uh, on God for a child in their marriages. Maybe some are waiting on a uh, uh, healing from a health issue. It's hard to wait because remember, remember that what we learned, it's hard to wait when we don't have anything to do. It's hard to wait for our baggage at the baggage claim when we're unoccupied. But listen to me, okay? Waiting on God is not just sitting around unoccupied, okay? It's not unoccupied time. Waiting on God is active. It's, it's actively trusting that God is good. It is actively trusting that he is at work, it is actively believing that God wants the best for you. It is actively praying and worshiping him. It is actively burying ourselves in scripture and then actively going to fellow Christians and, and discussing that scripture and actively gaining encouragement in this fellowship from believers in our lives. It's active. Psalm 34, uh, 10 says, the young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. When I trust God, I can be confident that I won't lack a good thing. In other words, not only will God provide for me what I need and, and, and provide for me what is best for me, but he will provide it at the right time. God is never late. And, and that means I can wait on him actively trusting in his goodness and his provision in his wisdom and actively trusting in what that he knows what is best for me. So wait on God. Put your hope in him. Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. God bless you and have a wonderful week.